0: Good evening everybody it's time for dynasty talk and wouldn't you know it brett gardner just hit a dinger tonight we are going to talk about catchers are they better are they worse who and starting pitchers my goodness a list of 365 has been whittled away through injury trade and allegations and we're going to get into all of it tonight it's time for dingers
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fancy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Austin Nola that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Joining me again this evening from the room. It's Robbie. (laughs) Yeah, excellent. How are we doing tonight, Robbie? I I know you're super jacked up because I you that sweet shot of a boat flying through the air. Which is it did corrupt.
0: upset me. Like, I genuinely was like, that looks like a nice boat. And then it was on one of those inflatable thingamaboobs. And then the weight dropped and just flipped her several times and she was destroyed. But hey, that will happen when you smash a boat like that. Stunt um, yeah. But like I said to you, they need to put it beside water. So then the boat at least has a chance of landing in water. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I I that would have be- been good.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, uh, it would be better that way. It's more appropriate. It's kind of like, uh, in Happy Gilmore when he snaps the rake and he throws it into the woods, it should be with
0: with its family. (laughs) Yeah. I was putting it, putting it back in its home. Um, yeah. So tonight we are going to talk about dynasty, uh, our rankings. So we've got the dingers rankings. We do in the off season. We released those last year. Everybody got to enjoy, uh, between what was it like Christmas and new years. They all went out. And um, we skyrocketed up the old fantasy baseball rankings on whatever that chartable site is. And we ended up as the top-ranked Dynasty fantasy baseball podcast to enter 2021. So that was really exciting for us. And we greatly appreciate it. I hope that our rankings have helped others. Tonight, we're going to do a little self-assessment on some of the most... um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about catchers. I don't want to call them the most exciting because they certainly aren't that but one of the positions that can either help or hurt you the most in starting pitchers and then whatever you want to say about catchers they're the most
1: electrifying roster fodder in fantasy baseball i think that's maybe the best way to say it because i agree they they, you made a a joke in our our big league that's currently drafting its first year players and somebody took a catcher what third
0: yeah the catcher that went to pittsburgh first overall names Escaped me at the moment, but it's irrelevant. Catcher, two reasons, one, Pittsburgh, two, catcher. Um, yeah, but yeah, I made the joke of like, oh man, a catcher went one through. Like people just don't learn, man. People yeah. don't learn. Like show me the catcher who who over the last 10 years, and that's going to end up having to be Buster Posey. Show me the, the season Buster Posey had that made him worth taking three, four, five years before. And then you held him in your dynasty for that whole time. And then he just like won you your league, you know. He had those huge weeks where his either average power, the combo of all of it, just got you over the hump. Like it doesn't happen with any level of consistency that it's worth it to take a catcher high in fantasy baseball drafts. Every year it happens. Every that. year it happens. Like, like the, I get it.
1: You got to fill some depth at some point, right? Like you do have to. Think
0: yeah. And that's what I was saying. The guy that the guy that drafted him, Andy, not at all a bad fantasy player. He won um the the, the dynasty league, our 30 team dynasty league, which you know he would have if he didn't puss out. And what I when I say that, I'm referring to the fact that before the finals, he and the other guy in the finals with him decided they were gonna split the pot. And I think we yeah. talked about it on this podcast when that happened yeah. in 2019. I was pissed because I specifically said, do not do that. Play, please play to win. But they were like, "Look, it's been really hard," and it opened up this whole conversation about how a lot of people in fantasy football leagues, the slog is to get to the. Um, I was just going to say the Grey Cup. The, the slog is to get to the um, Super Bowl. They don't care if they win it; they just want to get there. And I said, "Well, that's not how the World Series works for fantasy baseball. You want to go wire to wire and it'll finish as the champion, not finish as the guy who shared the pot." And that's what and ended you- up happening.
1: And you know this, Robbie, like in our home league that I run with an iron fist, like if somebody pulled that nonsense in that league, they'd both be gone. Like I don't care how long you've been in that league. If you pull stuff like that, we play to win. This is a fancy baseball podcast for smart people. Smart people don't quit at the finish line. They are smarter and they win. That's how yeah. like, we
0: do things. And I mean, I had even said to Andy when he wanted to do this, I'm like, Andy, you're going to beat him. Why do you think he's asking? Like, I bet you he asked you. I don't think you asked him. And I believe that was the case. And I, I just remember at the time thinking this is one of the things that I can't understand why it would happen. You can win $2,000 for winning this league, or you can win $100 for coming in second. And that's on top of the fact you've already won $100 for getting to the World Series. Our pod of $3,000, the bulk of it goes to winning the World Series. That's the whole point of it. because. Like like you just said, who wants to be second? Nobody. But these two guys, the first year we played the league, said, well, we're going to split it. So immediately after, I, I said, I, we are not doing that anymore. And if anyone wants to split, I will pay out the winner. The winner can then make the decision to pay the person that they are in the World Series against. But the whole point was that they wanted to share like the two Gs or whatever it would have been, 1,050 each. And I get it. like That's a lot of cash. But mm-hmm. the league is not set up for that. The league is set up for um, the big bucks. So they were like, well, we're going to give $50 to the guy that wins. And I, I, the whole thing just like pissed me off. So anyway, on, on point with this, Andy in a different league drafted a catcher. And I said, look, I know he's a smart fantasy player, but this just isn't the move that I would make. Like I would much rather draft an 18 year old lefty fireballer. Uh, I can't, I can't remember who it was. It was seventh overall Casey's, whoever it was that Casey drafted. I would have rather drafted that pitcher. And the high likelihood that that guy may not amount to anything than I would a college catcher who looks like they're really polished and could be up in two years and all those things. Give me ceiling if I'm picking that early. Um, and the reason Andy was picking that early was random draw because of the COVID year we didn't play that league, not because he finished uh, really low in the standings. So yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. I'm done on that. Now I you mean, know what? rant over. Yeah. Rant now over. you know what I need, Ty. I need I a break. Exa-
1: I know exactly what you need. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Look,
0: like that was a week one tonight. I think the last
1: couple have been exceptional.
0: It was a little high pitched,
1: but it was, uh, it was a little you... I, I've got the Elijah Craig going today. Hey, uh, I saw a, saying... a,
0: a TikTok where somebody said they thought Elijah Craig and Woodford were overrated, or it was Elijah Craig, why don't I like you more? and Woodford Reserve, everyone likes you but I don't think you're that good. It was some type of a whiskey raider, dude. Yeah.
1: Like Woodford is excellent. Like it is a, it is in the upper tier. Is it the best that's dependent on your palate, right? Everybody's got a little bit of a different taste. That's the one thing I've learned about bourbon is that I do not care what your favorite bourbon is. I care what my favorite bourbon is. Right. And so there's so many people like, oh, well, this is the best. I really don't care. Do you like it or not? Who cares after that? Yeah. What are you know,
0: so you're doing the Elijah Craig. I uh, went back to the well, because this is, this is the only beer in my house right now. Uh, Aber it's transatlantic American pale ale. I've, <sighs> I've downed 18 of these. This was part of that big pack. I got a long time ago and this is the last one. And then I get to go to the beer store because next Thursday I'm out of here. I'm headed to the French river fishing for several days. And when I do that, I will load up with a bunch of beer and, um, you know, fish and boat responsibly, but I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to refresh my beer stock after that. So. I like it
1: Well, let's get into it. We got a long episode ahead of us today. Um, but it's a good one because we're going through our dynasty ranks that we did pre-season. We're talking 5-year projections, none of this in-season change nonsense, but we are going to just <laughs> self-critique ourselves what we learned so far this season, what we see heading into the off-season. We're going to start with our favorite position, the catching position. It's a quick one. There isn't a ton of movement here, Rob. I think one of the, to kind of highlight the position, we've got three or four stars right behind the dish on the offensive side. And then we've got a lot of movement after that. We've got some old guard leaving. We've got some young bats starting to develop and maybe emerge. Uh, and some guys right on the cusp that we're going to talk about here. So Robbie, you got your finger up I, as if you have a point. What do you very, got? Very,
0: very quickly. I just want to say here are the top 10 Um catchers as as they are ranked in order this is five by five our rankings are eight by eight which includes um what is it walks ops and what's the other thing we do on top walks. walks, OPS, quality starts well quality starts for pitchers but anyway so we've got we've got the additional excuse me categories over the five by five but in five by five uh number one is sal perez number two is buster posey which, you know, everybody knew that was going to happen. Uh, number three, JT Romuto. Number four, Isaiah Kiner-Falifa. Number five is Will Smith, who is our Dinger's topped ranked. Uh, number six, Omar Narvaya like defying the odds yet again. Number seven, Eric Haas. Now, this is obviously a weird situational thing, much like Narvaya uh, who has 106 at-bats, I believe. Uh, Haas has 120. Uh, Wilson Contreras uh with the Cubbies Mike Zanino and then Kyle Farmer a man of a million positions with a couple other guys just outside Yan Gomes who was just traded to Oakland and is 34 I think and then Tyler Stevenson who will be somebody coming up the board and I think at 15th if I'm going to 15 which I may as well now is Gary Sanchez so um like Ty said the our rankings were all over the place with these guys because of the fact that some guys can just stick around and a few other guys that we thought maybe could be better could move up but then you have to take into consideration the fact that like who the heck knows what's going to happen. Cause they're catchers. And yep. that's, that's why we are where we are with these guys. So um, Ty, who are some guys that you are fond of?
1: Yeah. Like we start from the bottom guys that I think are moving up. Uh, Cal Cal Raleigh is the first guy that I think is deserving of, of a mention. He fit at 57 on our list. Uh, I think this for us, I think we both probably would add him higher if we had a better sense of his trajectory and timeline, I think this is ahead of both of where we thought he was going to be this year. We always thought maybe September for rally, but I don't think ahead of uh, the call up period that we were going to see him. And I think that surprised me a ton. Uh, I would assume you probably feel the same way, but I think he has to move up and gets a no doubter. Uh, That's the first guy on my list. I know you've got one, a couple spots ahead there. But I think the one below that one on our list, Robbie, at 54, deserves a notable uh, mention because uh, he's had a really good bounce-back season.
0: Yeah, Yadi Molina has, I mean, well, a fun fact, when we put this up, Ty, Yachty was a free agent and he yep. ended up going back to St. Louis. So at that point in time, we were not sure what was up with Yadi, And, uh, yeah, he's done, you know, admirable job, top 20 SP, I think, in the 8 by 8 I looked at that before, but I figured – for the sake of the listeners, I would say five by five. Um, but yeah, I mean, Yachty has just done that thing, right? So if he comes back next year, let's just assume he'll be somewhere in the top 20 again. Uh, it doesn't look like he's just going to fall apart, which is great.
1: But, and keep in mind that we do have this as a five-year rank. So Yachty doesn't get the same mm-hmm. lift. We've talked about that, and we will talk about it again in the pictures uh, when we get there. But Buster Posey looks like he might have a couple years left. I think we were all expecting him to move towards the retirement side this season. Uh, and he's done the opposite, right? We've seen a rejuvenation from him. Um, I don't know how many years are left in the tank, but I think he's got to be higher than our 54 rank. Um, I don't think anyone saw this one coming, very similar to Sal Perez, but I think he even exceeded those expectations um, for, for us. So I think that's a no-brainer to see him jump up that list in a very big way.
0: Yeah, the Wiley, vet and Posey you took last year off, uh, family obligation or not obligations, but for family reasons, I had put at 65th on my own rankings tie, which is that's punting, right? Like get him off your roster. And a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm heavy into salary leagues and Posey is an expensive guy to have on your roster. So my, my own personal bias is that, Posey's not going to help me win because he's going to end up costing me a lot of money that I would rather spend elsewhere. But you know what? He's come in. He's been steady Eddie. I've got him in two of my redraft leagues and he's one of the best guys on those teams, especially at his position. But the fact that he's able to, you know, lift up an average a little bit, he's getting, he's, you know, he's getting enough runs, uh, RBIs and dingers that it's, Uh it's helping not hurting me. And that's the big thing. San San Francisco
1: Francisco still the top scoring team in the league? Like they were there for a while. Um, I don't know. Toronto has been
0: one of the best teams uh, yeah. since June something something, uh, yeah. basically since Springer's been back. But um, yeah, San Fran again, like no longer exceeding expectations. San Francisco's now like driving to the playoffs. Correct.
1: Yeah, and for me, I had I had Buster at thirty three. I think for future purposes, I think I'm probably going to keep them around that mark when we redo our list, give or take, depending on how everything stacks up. But I think just given the five-year trajectory, I think there won't be too, too much movement for me. It's not going to be a knee-jerk counter-reaction. I still think that trajectory is close, uh, but we'll see how it stacks up when we get there. Um, For
0: myself, I just need to correct. Like I I need to come back from the 65 because he's a relevant catcher, which for me is going to put him somewhere in and around, I think, the 40s. Definitely don't want to bank on him and his production for three years but he certainly could do exactly what he's doing right now next year. And that's important for the five-year ranking. But the next guy that I had, Ty, who who I just felt, we both had him at 49, Ryan Jeffers with Minnesota. I mean, he hasn't done anything outstanding, but we were not buying into the 55 at-bat sample of 273 baseball last year. Um, This year in 163, at bats, he's got more power going for him. Well, I guess it's about on par. He had three and fifty-five last year. He's got nine in one hundred and sixty-three at bats this year. Twenty-seven RBIs, which is really nice. Fifteen runs, Um, but the two oh nine average. However, the last month he's been a two fifty-five guy, and I feel like if he could finish off the rest of the season, get himself another, I don't know, hundred at bats, so he could finish this year north of two fifty. That would give me a better idea of where to put him. But again. A guy who's a backup that could be a relevant backup, not an irrelevant guy. If he's got a bit of pop, if he can finish with 15 dingers too, I mean, that would be that would be on par with what he's been up to. Um, he, He's going to be better than 49 for me. He's going to move up probably 15 spots or more to the mid-30s.
1: And a bit of platoon splits on his stats as well, right? 938 OPS against the lefties, just 608 against the righties. So that's a bit concerning. Uh, you know, he's got more bats against the Radies as well. So it's not a matter of sample splits being off a little. I think that's that's the reality of what Jeffers is going to be. Um, and in the pitch types kind of count like go in line with that, curveball slider are his weakest uh, outs as well. Um, so I, I do think that the big thing with Jeffers that we have to watch is he will go as the Twins go. If that offense is churning, he's going to see more fastballs. Therefore, he's going to be more productive. I think that's just the reality of what you're going to
0: get there. Yeah. And with the, the cycle that we're expecting over the next five years, also Jeffers is most likely to stick around in Minnesota. Um, And if they are able to deal away more MLB experienced players that can only help him out, I think in the long run, move him up the lineup. Maybe he doesn't need to be a a top five guy, um, but he doesn't need to be eight or nine either. And that can present more opportunities. So you've got another guy up here, Ty Houston,
1: yeah, I got Corey Lee, which was a first-round pick, uh, I believe, in 16, maybe 17 for the Astros. I, can't, I don't know enough top of my head. Uh, he's been productive. I think he's hitting about 340, a double A this year. I think for me, the second part to his production plus the trajectory, Houston doesn't have a great catcher, right? Maldonado's a defensive catcher. He's there. But, you know, if Corey Lee's even remotely okay on defense, he's going to get the nod when he's ready. I think they're still just waiting for the power to to come through so we might see him mid summer next year so i think with that in mind i think we're just going to move him up that list i would expect him to start at triple triple a next season if not maybe crack the squad as a backup just depends on how houston wants to break him in uh, but i think we're going to see him next year and that's why i think he deserves a bump
0: okay next guy i have up is mike zanino who just pains me because i tried right we've talked about that i've tried to be a zanino owner i've tried to hold him in leagues i dropped him what a year and a half ago or something like that in a league, uh, a 2014 points league that I had won uh, with him as my struggling catcher. And the reason that I've got him moving up now, he's at 36 in my rankings. and, And I think it's just Dinger's rankings overall. I think he's better. He's proven he is better than the 43rd best catcher. And that solely has to do with the fact that he's been able to get power, RBIs and runs. And it's all been pretty even 22 homers this year, 43 runs, 41 RBIs. Now, I believe he hit one today, which would make him a 23 homer, 44 RBI, 44 run player. So, if that is the case, now batting average brutal 203, (laughs) just brutal over the last two weeks, 260, over the last month, 230. That just equals out. This is what he is. He's a 200 guy. He's Adam Dunn at the catcher position with less pop. And like, he's got the seventh
1: best OPS at the position, which is notable, and, right? And
0: that's, exa- that's exactly it, Ty. When you go and extrapolate out and get into more categories, he becomes more valuable. That's yep. Zunino's asset. And in points leagues, that does work. So if you're just playing five by five, you know, don't really worry about him. But if you are playing points leagues, if you are playing elsewhere, he doesn't have anything on him that's positive, that's uh, increases the value of it in a trade or anything like that. You could just shuffle your way this off season and have Zanino. Maybe he's like the reason you would have two catchers is you're yeah. taking a chance with someone else and you have Zanino as another fall guy. Cause let's assume Tampa Bay takes him back for another year or one or two year deal, something like that. And he's able to be a regular everyday MLB catcher the next couple wow. years. I think he deserves to be up a little higher in our rankings.
1: Be a great split with uh, the aforementioned Jeffers. Honestly. Right, it'd be a great two catcher tandem scenario there, right? So I don't, I don't hate that concept. Um, you know, if we if we move ahead here, the next guy on our list is what do we got here, Reese, Reese McGuire, McGuire, who has been shockingly good in Toronto. Uh, left-handed stick definitely didn't get any votes of confidence this off from fantasy owners, and deservedly so. Like no one knew exactly what we were gonna have. For if he was gonna be allowed to play Major League Baseball. It was a very yeah. weird situation uh with Reese McGuire. So I I mean it's nice to see as a Jays fan that the production is is there because frankly we haven't had it from anybody else. Like Alejandro Kirk has been out all season. Danny Jansen has been the Danny Jansen we've seen. So you know, we needed Reese to step up and and both be a, a reasonable defensive catcher, but also you know, carry the offense. I mean, that doesn't get talked about enough. The the role of that guy at the bottom, his OPS isn't jumping off the charts, but he's flipping a lot of singles and doubles into the right center, right gap uh, doing his job. Right. And that's, that's an asset. And from the catching position, most important thing that he brings to your team is he doesn't hurt you. That's yeah. the piece of the puzzle that I think is relevant there.
0: And, and to talk about his fall from grace. I mean, this is, this is a guy who had rookie eligibility heading into last year. And in in two 30 team leagues, ended up a free agent. So those leagues have contracts where you would just have to pay him a higher salary for after his rookie year. But it was so bad last year, and things like off-the-field issues as well uh, made it seem as if he was possibly not going to be a base a major league baseball player. And that's not how he started this year either. Right? He he was off the 40 man with Toronto. Um, you know, outrighted anybody in the league, 29 other teams could have had him. He went back. It was so bad with, with the Kirk injury with Danny Jansen, not getting it done or that Reese ended up getting time. They even tried out Riley Adams. They truly gave all their available catchers, the opportunity to take the wheel. And Maguire was the one guy who was able to, do the most with it. So um that's why, why I think he deserves to be a little bit higher than 40. But again, I can't imagine he would be top 35 when we hit into next year. That's where I had him ranked 35th. Cause I was being a little more optimistic than you tie who was at 44, but I mean, it, it's all justified, but we've, what we see from Reese is not a power hitter. What we've seen from him is a guy who's just putting the ball in play and moving on. Um Next guy I have up is, I don't know if, if Cisco is no longer chance. Cisco is the next guy up and he's moving down the rankings. I don't know where he ended up. He's no longer with Baltimore though. Um, He was supposed to be the guy once upon a time. Remember highly ranked catchers. I feel like we talked about that a few (laughs) minutes ago. Anyway, Chance Sisko um, is one of those fall from grace guys. And he was given the opportunity, I think three different legitimate shots and uh, Pedro Severino is a Baltimore catcher as a result. And that's a guy who was with Washington who was blocked, ended up going to Baltimore as like the third catcher and has been able to carve out an MLB role. Is he a star? No. Is Chance Sisko an MLB catcher? No. So that's what kind of happened there. I, again, for anyone, anyone who's like, I really want to have like solid catcher. I don't have to worry about it for four or five years. So I'm drafting this catcher because he's got this promise. Well, Chance Cisco is the reason why you should think twice. Doesn't mean you don't make that play. Just think twice about it. Luis Camposano is another guy that people were like, he's going to he's gonna be like this elite catcher. He's going to do all these good things. Camposano right now is a guy. That's He's a guy. So, again, this is another one who in 18, nobody knew about. Or sorry, 18, 19, nobody knew about. In 2020, he became like this top 100 cusp type prospect. And then he got time last year, which was a surprise that he got time last year. And then the expectation was high for him this year. But... You got to remember how tough it is to be an MLB catcher, yeah. And and that's why sometimes it's worth it to kick around the Molina's and kick around. Yeah. And I, I mean Molina's a Hall of Famer, but you know what I mean. An older veteran catcher, uh, Zanino type guy, is maybe better to go with, and then your high draft picks you would pick or trade targets uh, for prospects you would pick non-catchers. Just just an well, idea I'm throwing out and,
1: and we've talked about this forever. Like, my guy's been Molina for a very long time because, same as Reese McGuire, he doesn't hurt you. The nice part about Molina is he gave you a little bit of production. Yes. Always in that, like, top 12, top 10 conversation. Uh, never won. Just always there and relevant. And that's what I liked about it. So, I think the next guy on the list here is, is a potential guy that fits that mold. Maybe not to the Hall of Fame standards that we saw from Molina, but... Uh, Tyler Stevenson in Cincinnati has certainly made himself fantasy relevant. He is in the top uh, echelon of, of a lot of categories. 281 average, 70, 783 OPS, 44 runs, 34 uh, RBIs, and 31 walks. So very reasonable. I mean, it's not got uh, Yasmani Grandal walks, but it's it's enough to be to be notable and dangerous. And, you know, I think that's all you're looking for. Very, very similar to the last couple of guys we've mentioned. I think he fits that, that category.
0: Yeah. And I mean, dingers are what he's not doing. I think it was six that he's at mm-hmm. this year. Right. Um, but I would rather take that. And I believe he has first base eligibility. I know in Yahoo. So you'll have to double check on the rest of them for yourself. He is your own first list base eligible at this moment. Yeah. So Stevenson's bringing a little bit more. Uh, and that that's a good thing. Now, a couple guys that are going to drop down. Danny Jansen, we've, we've mentioned it, Ty. It's just Danny Jansen needs to do some type of off season reset. Uh, Wilson Ramos, uh, Ramos was 30th for us. Jansen was 29th. So these aren't like falls from grace and Jan Gomes, who was 31st for us. um, Gomes has been awesome this year, but what do we honestly expect at the end of the 2023 season? Are we still going to be like Jan Gomes kicking around? And if he does that, if he's still kicking around and is a top 15 catcher, that is one amazing feat for him. And then there's still three years after that, so Jan Gomes will have to come out of the 31st ranking and probably drop 15 or so spots.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's definitely a scenario where we've seen this trajectory coming, right? With these couple of guys, and you know they've done nothing to change that. Whereas the guy on the other hand, uh, William Contreras, brother of Wilson Contreras, uh, has sniffed uh, MLB action, cup of coffee this year, right? And yep. I think he's held his own. So for me. I, I'm willing to bump him coming into next season. Again, very similar to, we talked about Cal Raleigh earlier, like exactly the same kind of scenario where maybe a little bit ahead of the timeline we all expected, not overly shocking 23 year old going to be 24 next season. Uh, I think it fits the traditional catcher timelines. Uh, you know, I think the the thing is that I, I think a lot of people were concerned he wouldn't hit at the major league level. And I think he's shown that he can and the defensive capabilities are there. So I think he's going to be the starting catcher next year, right? Because Darnone is on a one-year deal, if I remember is it, correctly.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I wasn't sure if he was on a one or a two-year, but I think regardless, um, Contreras has earned the opportunity. It just now has to be given to him next year. And uh, Alex Anthopoulos has to make sure he just leaves that catcher situation alone outside of uh, depth. So. Yeah, I
1: completely agree, and I'm just trying to find the contract status. So he is okay. signed through this year, single year, darnell. So it okay. will be we'll be Wilson, William or bust next year. I think is what we're looking at.
0: All right, and it's entirely possible that Darno signs back with another one-year deal because that's the easiest thing to do with a catcher, and it doesn't rock the boat with your pitching staff. But Atlanta has had a million different pitchers this year, all because of injury. Uh, next guy up, and and Ty, I like it. Change of scenery is why uh, I have this noted. I'm sure it's the same for you. Kyber Ruiz, top 24 catcher for us. You had him 23. I had him 21. I I'm sure. Let me know when I'm wrong. I think we're both moving him up because now the biggest thing that was going to hinder him was will smith his his uh former teammate who has the job and not just that the dave roberts way of switching and swapping things up i think kyber ruiz may very well get to have a almost a full five straight years of mlb time starting in 2022 where he will learn at the mlb level he will make those mistakes he will have um the defense as his priority but at no point in time do I think his offense is going to suffer or sputter so badly like a Danny Jansen that we are going to start to think, oh, no, this is a bad play. I think this is the offseason to go and get Kyber Ruiz if you want to take a chance on a catcher with upside. I don't know that it's going to fit everybody's mold, right? It's kind of like Mitch Garber, right? Garber comes out of nowhere. Everyone's like, whoa, what happened? I need him. I want him. And then we have that big recoil. And now we're starting to see like, you know, exactly who Mitch Garber is is or could be uh kyber ruiz i think may be a very slow but steady ascension to uh, a good top i don't know top 12 consistently catcher maybe as early as 2023.
1: I, I'm gonna put him a touch higher like I agree with everything you said except for that last part about you think where he's gonna land I, I think he's gonna be similar uh somewhere between a uh, Gary Sanchez and Tyler Stevenson. Like I think the power okay. will be there to at least the direction of Gary Sanchez, not to the to the pure magnitude that Sanchez has power wise, but I right. think a little bit of both, like that 270, maybe 20 bombs type catcher that we like to see. Uh, I actually picked him up in our homely grab today. I don't know if you saw that oh, or not. Really? Because oh. Wilson Contreras went on to the IL, so I'm on the fence honestly. Like if I see Kybert September one or whatever the appropriate call up date is, I never mm-hmm. remember that one. Um, it will be bye-bye time for Wilson Contreras, who's been disappointing this season. Well, that's um, fun
0: because I have Tyler Stevenson in our home league, and he was somebody that I picked up after Austin Nola was hurt and hurt and hurt. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on Stevenson. This would have been early May, I think. And I've just went with him. Yep. put him in a catcher and, and cool. let him go. And
1: I'm fully expecting Kyber to win me the championship in that format. So <laughs> we'll see. Next guy on the list is Francisco Maya, and he goes in line with uh, what we were mentioning earlier with Mike Zanino. Who knows if they're going to bring him back. They just keep bringing him back. And we talked about this on the offseason, Robbie. We were like, Zanino sucks. Why are they bringing him back? And he's an all-star. So we we, we put our feet in our mouth a little bit on that one. Um, But at the same time, if I could go back, I would say exactly the same thing that I said back then. Uh, I think it's a bit of an anomaly, and I don't expect it to repeat next season. I don't even expect it to finish the season anywhere close to the tear that he was on in the first half. It's already kind of slowed down. And I think he is showing the bat to ball skills. And I think he's still young enough uh, where he can produce that power. And so I don't know that it's going to be 20 bombs. It's not Kybert Ruiz power, but I do expect to see some growth in that in from that trajectory.
0: I think that's fair. Uh, next guy up is Alejandro Kirk with Toronto. We've talked about Toronto catching situation already. I had him ranked 29th. Uh, so I, I, I think I need to move him up his overall rank, which is 18. I think that's about where he might land for me next year. Now we're going to get to listen all offseason to a lot of the talking heads, um, uh, on the various popular podcasts and the other spots, the, you know, where, where they have websites and things like that. And they're all going to tell us how great he could be, but we get to watch the struggle in real life. And we understand that the management and the manager in Toronto, uh, is less concerned with, catcher production and more concerned with game management. And that's something where Reese McGuire unfortunately has some value and Alejandro Kirk needs to improve. Now, whether they're going to let Kirk do that uh, 40% of the time next year, I don't know. That's why to me, I would definitely not 29th ranked, but how you have him at nine, I would not be looking to put him inside my top 10. Uh, He would have to have the hottest of hot finishes down the stretch and be a playoff catcher. So I,
1: I I don't disagree with the general consensus. Now, if I'm looking five years down the road, I have zero problem putting them in my top 10. And, and the biggest reason for that is I think for at the catcher position, we are talking about the number one ranked catcher regarding hit tool. I think bat-to-ball skills, I don't know that there's a better catcher in Major League Baseball. Buster Posey would be about the only one that I would put close. Molina would be up there, at least in the conversation. Awesome. But, but I do. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I would definitely slide um, Kirk into that conversation. I've watched him a lot. I, I feel very strongly about this. The big question mark in terms of Kirk being a top five catcher for me is, are we going to see the power spike that we saw last season in the small sample? Right. It looked like it was there. The The minor league production shows that it's there. So I think it's he's capable of it. But can he do it consistently at the major league level? That's that's going to be the difference between him being top 12 or top five, in my opinion.
0: Okay, now just just for fun, Austin Nola um, got a 293 average this year and 82 at-bats. He's been steadily climbing after a terrible start, but he still has not been hitting home runs. Last year, he had seven in 161 at-bats. Right now, he's got one, but he does have 20 RBIs and only six runs. So he is going to be so much better than his stat line looks. It's just a matter of what San Diego does this off season. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not- dump on the guy
1: was more dumping on you. Uh,
0: yeah, I know, but I'm just so for the listeners. So they understand. Yes, yeah. I, I absolutely, I, I love the Nola, And a lot of that has to do with the fact I picked him up everywhere for nothing. And I have traded him away in a league and whatever the return back was, was suffice to me because I also had James McCann. And I can tell you right now, I would rather have Austin Nola than James McCann.
1: The, the only thing that I, I would watch for Robbie, like the breaking stuff he's on uh the fastball. He's, league average or above the fastball uh, was the
0: thing he couldn't hit two years ago and that's what he changed about last year
1: yep so he's kind of back to that this year 255 versus 333 and 364 versus breaking in off speed so you know there's a shot there for him to to put it all together so i I see what you see i just need a bigger sample and that's what we haven't seen from over a couple years stretch here
0: yeah, he absolutely does. Now, a couple other guys here, Ty. Uh, I've said that I'm going to move Dalton Varsho down in my rankings a little bit. Arizona's just okay, Arizona's just a dumpster fire, and and you'll see that with a lot of players on teams that are going the wrong way. Um, you can just expect less production from them, and it doesn't mean that like I I also had Varsho as 16th. So I don't think he's going to be that. And I also don't think he's going to be a catcher. Uh, the other guy's Travis Darno. You know, he missed the bulk of this year. Uh, I had him at 18. Excuse me. A lot of that ranking at 18 was based on a good year this year. So we didn't get that good year this year. He's going to be a year older. You know, it's just going to move him back somewhere. And it also is going to depend on where he goes. So that's another important factor. So Ty, you've got an improvement on a San Francisco catcher. Do tell.
1: Yeah, I like Joey Bart, and it's it's mainly for the perspective of buying a catcher value-wise is going to be cheaper than the position he's going to end up playing. There's there's all, At this point, I think it's safe to say he's not going to be a first baseman, or a catcher, sorry, he's going to be a first baseman, and I also think he's not going to play in San Francisco. So both of those things for me move him up the list, because everything else he's done suggests he can hit. Now, I think San Francisco is very concerned about his defensive ability, and, and I think, there's probably some logic behind that uh, or I think we would have saw him already. They've had lots of chances to squeeze him in and when he has come up in the brief samples that he has, he he managed reasonably, right? like it's not a complete yeah. nothing. Um, so I, I do expect that to be a trade this off season. He he was apparently available at the trade deadline
0: just didn't yeah. end up happening. So I think Patrick Bailey is in the system too, right? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're okay.
1: But I think the mere fact that we've seen an improvement from Posey suggests that I think they're going to try and let him continue to, to fill some innings here because that team is going to be building towards the future. So I think Patrick Bailey's with the, the next cluster of guys coming. So I think the appropriate move for San Francisco is to either trade him after next season or after this season. I think it's one of those two things because holding him beyond that doesn't make a ton of sense because he doesn't carry the defensive weapon. So I just okay. think the reality of him, him moving off the position into another roster are a big deal for me.
0: Okay. So based on that assumption um, of, of moving away from San Francisco, you like him now. So that means that Patrick Bailey We'll be catching the San Francisco future ace uh bedner, who I picked up in our uh <laughs> you just had, to do out it. Out. had to do it. Yeah. Uh and the other guy, Ty, because I realize now we're almost 40 minutes in and we're still talking catchers. Holy smokes. Uh, you had Gary Sanchez ranked fourth. He has been a solid catcher, frustrating, of course. No Yankee fan is happy with him. Um, but you are saying you were gonna move him down. I had him 20th. I feel like that's around where he's going to be for me next year too. What are, what are your thoughts on, on big old Gary Sanchez? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think he is what he is, right? Like we talked about this in the off season. We both ranked him higher than the industry, right? Mm-hmm. We both predicted that he would be better than what everybody was saying merely on the whole, the home run perspective, right? We were very blunt about that. He provides you almost no value any other way. I think uh, and that's, he, that's it. Yeah. And he's delivered on, on exactly that. So, That's what you get with Gary Sanchez. I am going to move him down. Just he's getting older. He's not getting any faster. He's not getting more flexible. um, And because he doesn't have the hit tool to keep him relevant, he's going to start to disappear. We've already seen it. And I think that's only going to continue. So I just, I had him higher this year than most people would. So the logical step is moving backwards. That's that's the reason I have that. Not because I think he's going to fall off a cliff. I just think he's going to continue to trend that direction.
0: Okay. So that's, that's the catchers who we think are going to move. Now we do of course have, um, a full list. We went through it all. Check, check way back when, if you want to look at some of my own rankings, go to Robbie and you can check out the rankings for myself there. You can hit us up at dingers pod. If you ask us for the list, we'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> that's the easy way to go about it or, or hit up Ty at attorney boss or myself at Robbie baseball one. Now we'll switch the script to pitching and we had a list of 346 different pitchers. The last man on the list was Michael King with the Yankees tie safe to say he's going to move up 200 spots or so he's done himself a service this year. Uh, He was a reliever last year. I liked him for the off season to come in and do some things and he had no value and where I've been able to pick him up. I haven't got it back yet, but we're looking ahead to next year and next year's rankings. And I think he's gonna fit right in as a guy who could be SP 5-6 with the Yankees. We'll have to see. Uh, next guy is Carlos Hernandez with the Royals. He's just now getting his cup of coffee. Um, where is he on the season here? He's somewhere in his career north of 50, 60 innings right now. Uh, this year got a 411 ERA, uh, better than a strikeout per inning. And Hernandez is just a guy who's who's making it happen for himself in KC. He's not part of that. That big six. When I got the old KC hat on here, um, but he's somebody big, too-
1: big six and two eights
0: at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's he's somebody. <laughs> too. Yeah. It's it's getting a little choppy in KC with with that big six. Um, but uh, somebody, I just on that too- note,
1: I always do that to my father in law because he's like a big like woodworking
0: construction kind of guy, and he's like, you yeah, mean a quarter? Fractions.
1: I'm like, yeah, no, he's like, you mean a quarter? I'm like, no, two eights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah gotta gotta do that uh meet me at 8 30 how about no what is it quarter to nine no how about 8 45 yeah okay sounds good um but the next guy up we both agree jb Bukowskis. now just so everyone knows we had carlos hernandez this is essentially throwaway territory right ty 336 was where he was there are a lot of guys who we just didn't know how it would all shake out in and amongst this josh wolf's there albert abreu richard gallardo uh, Jimmy Lewis with the Dodgers, Nick Niedert, who we weren't sure starter, you know. Um, well, it's just reliever. about trajectory, right? Like all
1: guys that could be potential stars are just so far away that they don't belong on our, our five-year trajectory, right? Whereas a lot of the other lists you might look at will have a guy like Gallardo or Osiel Rodriguez much higher because they are giving you the assumption that those guys are major leaguers. They're not giving you the assumption that they're not going to play major league baseball for several years. Right. And that's, right. that's which, why which is the difference
0: ahead. in our list? Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. So the next guy we both agree, Arizona is JB Bukoskis, um, especially to me, especially because of that organization, I think he's going to just have a spot next year, unless they go and do one of those sign the Matt Moores of the world, you know, sign a Chris Flexen and take their chances. I feel like Arizona is probably going to do a Pittsburgh type bottom out. Yes. and. You know, it doesn't sound good to say they're going to really suck. Therefore, he's going to have more value, but it's it's playing time. And within playing time, he can be a good controllable pitcher. And by that, I mean, control his fate like a Marco Gonzalez when he's on a bad team not, um you know, like a Walker Bueller who walks into one of the best teams in baseball and just gets to perform. So Bukaskis has his work cut out for him, not only because of the division he's in, he's only going to get a break against Colorado, but he's going to also have to pitch in Colorado. So tough slog, but he's certainly better than the 323 ranking we had. um Next up at 309, we've talked a lot about this guy more recently, uh Drew Rasmussen with um Tampa Bay. Now he's starting relieving. It looks like he's just going to relieve the rest of the year spot starts but definitely going to move up and it'll be fun to see what how he finishes the season. Uh, somebody else that actually is with him right there, Ty, just just knows that now is Tony Santillan with Cincinnati, who was up and I believe is now back down. But he's going to have to move up and into some contention now that we know that he's at the level. And we talked about this before the season. There were so many things that we couldn't find out about this offseason. season. That we were struggling based on reports from other people and who did we trust and who did we not? Well, a lot of the hype about Los Angeles Angels starting pitcher Chris Rodriguez was that he's a top 100 type prospect. He's so good. He can do all these things really, really well. Well, he blew us away by making the the Angels opening day roster. We had him at 305 thinking he was at least two years away. So... That's an adjustment we'll make. I mean, him, he, but gave our, he gave our Jays trouble the other night, right? The first oh, time we've seen spot him, right? Start like, and yeah, he he is definitely a good pitcher with a lot of potential. But we need to see what's going on. And if the Angels are going to keep rolling six man, it is going to have an effect on their ability on each of those players or those pitchers' ability long term. And I mean, whereas they're doing it essentially for Otani, it's like or that's what they say, it's helpful. Also, like I, we talked about, look at Seattle guys, right? Um, uh, Edbert Alizé with Chicago. He was ranked 302 for us. He'll he'll move way up. I mean, this is another guy who we had no idea what to expect with Chicago with that weird setup that they had for themselves. Uh, Eli Mar- Morgan, who uh, we had uh, Rotosaurus's or high, high stakes heat host Dave, uh, who came on with us and, and we said, give us a name, man. Give us a name. And that was the one that he gave us. And, and I mean, Ty, it, it did not look great off the start but it looks like he's going to be able to kick around in Cleveland.
1: I'm still not a super believer in Eli Morgan, but I do think he's going to be relevant, right? I think he fits your roster more so than the kind of guys I like to hang around
0: with. I don't Uh, know what that means.
1: (laughs) uh, Well, let's just say this. So in our big money league, I am second in ERA. And in our home league, I'm number one in ERA. So I'm not going to own Eli Morgan because he interrupts that philosophy. So you feel Uh,
0: like a a week of 653 ERA is not something to aspire to.
1: Well, and like I've been complaining about for several weeks to you, as you know, I am on the sixth straight week of heading into Friday with a sub 250 ERA from my opponent. That is extremely unlikely and nearly impossible uh, to have that kind of streak. And it's very stressful as a fantasy owner to know that you have to make perfect decisions on a weekly basis. Right. Like, and I, yeah. and I think in these weeks, I think I've only lost two of them, right? Because my team's actually very good. But at the same time, like it, it's hard. Like it comes down to Sunday and I don't know what to do because it's a coin right. flip, right? And it, it's very hard to... Establish dominance when you're terrified all the
0: <laughs> time. I I do understand. My home league team has been riddled with injuries, and because it's a keeper, guys like Acuna and uh, Kyle Lewis are still potent. Like I mean, obviously Acuna is a keeper, but Kyle Lewis is somebody who I still expect four plus weeks of production rest of season, which means I need to have him on my roster if he's going to be in my on my playoff team. Um, and if I don't take him, then the guy like Glenn, who we had on a couple episodes this off season he'll go and take him just like he did Nick Madrigal. Uh, Piss me off. Anyway, James Caprillion with Oakland. So happy for James Caprillion. And he was ranked 282 because last year he came in one, I think it was one relief appearance four innings, something like that, but it just didn't look like he was in the cards for Oakland unless they were devastated by injury. And lo and behold, here he is holding his own, had a little bit of a shoulder thing um, back, I believe 10 days after, which is awesome. And, Now he could would should be a pitcher definitely going to move up 150 spots in our rankings. I can easily see him if he finishes off the season healthy, easily see him inside the top 80 starting pitchers for next year. But again, we've got enough season left that it's August 12th. And I can say that I can see him inside the top 80 and we could get to the end of the the season. And I'm looking at the stat line. I'm like, he really faded. So. Right now it's very promising for James Caprillion, but, um, where I do have him, I'm so happy that he's a guy I've owned for, or not owned, but whatever guy I've had for three years, in my minors got a little bit of them last year and it was exciting. And then this off season, no trade value, none whatsoever. And now, um, you would have to give up a tangible asset or two to get him on your team.
1: Yeah, definitely. Next guy on the list, uh, is a bit of a surprise, even for me, uh, moving up on my list. Uh, Johan Aviedo in St. Louis, and this is a guy that I just passes my eye test. The numbers are very reasonable in St. Louis. This is a big ballpark. Pro pitchers always there. Uh, the division itself is garbage. Uh, Milwaukee's offense and getting is, worse. Yeah, like Milwaukee's the best offense somehow. Um, that's terrifying. Like since he's not nothing to balk at, but you know, it's still the division is bad. And I think one thing. With St. Louis, if we see Oviedo step into a a prominent role, I think we're going to see Dakota Hudson next year. That rotation could be the one that everybody talks about, how they had a 4-5 ERA last year, and now they're a 3-5 kind of thing uh, heading into the season. We're going to probably see the end of Wainwright in St. Louis, I would imagine. Um, He pitched excellent yesterday, nine nine innings, four hits or something,
0: silly like that, or whatever it was. He can still do it. Uh, It's just a matter of if he stopped is the job of the next guy going to be better than the whatever 12 million they should pay him next year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't uh, see I, him going to another team for one year.
1: Well, and just based on how they handled this off season with him and Molina, like I think it's going to be a scenario where uh, they're either both going to retire and go into the hall together. Right. Or, or they're going to keep going together. And and I think given where that organization is, is at, I think they both should continue playing but they both need to take a pay cut. And I think that's going to be the thing that will be the deal breaker, whether they stay in St. Louis,
0: I think in both cases. Okay. I'm good with that. Now, next guy up to you accidentally have, as somebody you're going to push down further in your rankings. Um, I just don't want to hear about him
1: anymore. That's why it'll be,
0: I'll be so quick. Jorge Lopez. We had him at 277 uh, overall because he's a, he's a throw in type guy, throw away type guy. Who's he? Around in the rankings, Tommy Malone, uh, Stephen Brault, Annabelle Sanchez. Tommy I Malone, mean, well, this
1: afternoon, just for fun
0: fact. There you go. Johnny Cueto was another guy in and around his area. John Lester, J-Hap, um, Rich Hill, who, I mean, Rich Hill, because of the five-year ranking, you can only go year to year with Rich Hill. So it, our five-year ranking doesn't really work for, for Rich Hill, right? Um, but Jorge Lopez in 108 innings this year has 99 Ks. The struggle is that Baltimore's so bad, he only has three wins. Um, his ERA is down over 1.1 this year down to 5.5, 5, sorry, 5.75, but the whips, the big thing with him, 1.6 over the last month, he's been a five ERA guy. You, you get the idea, Ty. He's just going to start every day. Now it's, it matters what happens with Baltimore this off season, but I see Lopez coming back next year. And honestly, Lopez is not a horrible pitcher. Lopez is on a team that makes him so much worse. And, and that's unfortunate. Um, so yeah, so quick quick few notes with a few of these guys. Brandon Bailey with Cincinnati. He was one of those rule five targets we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, Tommy John, where did he go back to Houston? I think he went back to Houston. Tommy John, so he's out. Um, like let's just strike him off the list. Well, he's in Cincinnati. He okay, so maybe he where wherever he went to, if Cincinnati's his home, which is what we have here, um, he's out, Tommy John, and that sucks. Uh Mick Abel, Ty, you have as somebody you're bumping up, as well as Hans. Krauss with the Phillies. Now is that directly related to the trade?
1: Yes, hundred percent related to the trade because he was not doing the things he should be doing with Texas. I like I I said this when we did the trade deadline episode. Like I think Philly absolutely stole Hans Krauss. I I do not know what Texas is thinking in this trade. Uh they were Spencer thinking Howard
0: of Spencer Howard. Give is not big country?
1: I, I think when they this all said and done. I think Hans Krauss will be a better major league pitcher than Howard's or uh, Spencer okay. Howard. That's my thoughts. But on Mick Abel, uh, 13.3 strikeout per nine right now at a ball, which is a bit of an aggressive spot for a 19 year old. So I like that. Uh, a ball, 13 3, 19 years old. That's the big reason why I'm willing to bump him.
0: Okay. Luis Fries, same thing. Arizona, 22 uh, year old. Uh, I-, I think. I agree. I think he should move up from the 225 we have him at. I think a lot of that has to do just with the fact that a year is going to pass. Not necessarily to me, not necessarily performance based, but where he's going to fit within the organization. I think he's probably jumping five plus spots guys like, uh, John Duplantier who is in and around his area. They're all, they're out of it now. You know, there are also other veteran guys who are just going to be cast aside and Arizona's is probably going to want to see what's in the system today. What can they do with it? And, um, hopefully trade uh Catel Marte well
1: and I, and I think the big jump here was Freas moving to Amarillo uh at double a and in just not adjusting just yet like strikeout rate's still there I think this has more to do with the organizational situation similar yeah. to the like just I think the opportunity is going to be there versus a lot of other guys in other organization which is what we're seeing in this section of the list
0: yeah, like Johan uh, you know, Duran with Minnesota. This is somebody that I had high expectations for this year, but the way that Minnesota has gone about it, I don't know where we're gonna where we're gonna see this. He'll be 22 next year. Where we're gonna okay. see this 22 year old slot? So I need to see rest of the season for him. I'm gonna stick a little uh, to be determined on the ranking for him um, wow. to see if he moves up because I thought he may have had a shot.
1: I think he would have. I think he would have if they were relevant. I think that's yeah. really the big thing. I think we would have seen him probably September. I think given where Minnesota was at, they had enough pitching. Miami and hurt hurt them. Donaldson being hurt. Obviously, bucks didn't kill them, right? Like surprise, surprise. But, you know. Dobnik,
0: like when- Smeltzer. Like they had guys who came up and were not able to like hold the Ford as they previously they had.
1: Yeah, I agreed.
0: Yeah, Kyle Muller, who kind of came out of nowhere with Atlanta uh, this year. We had him ranked 221. He's going to get a bump up because he he deserves it. Uh, Dalton Jeffries with Oakland, same thing, Ty. You think this is just a situation where he's just better than our current ranking for him, not that he's necessarily an impact arm?
1: I think he's just one of those guys that's made the leap right in in the the short, weird season last year. I think he just progressed, and I think it's that simple.
0: Because there was talk at the beginning of the season that he was going to break camp with the A's, and at that point I was like, oh, crap. Anyone who looks and is like, why do you have Dalton Jeffries, 218? Um, We were going to look a little silly for the year. I had him ranked personally at 176. uh, But, you know, there's a ton of guys that get ranked in that realm. And like we talked about before, you just don't know what's up with the organization. Jose Suarez, Los Angeles Angels. Here's a guy that has broken through now.
1: Yeah, and you've been on Suarez for a while. um, So I will say that, the start he made against the Jays the other night is the first time I've watched more than highlights with Suarez okay. and, and I've seen the stuff and in the highlights, I didn't see, that body? see. see that
0: body. You <laughs> see the
1: body's awful. I mean, he looks like a bus boy at a New York city <laughs> restaurant. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it just doesn't have the body of like of a superstar, right. Is right. is what I'm getting at. And, you know, I think with me, I think the stuff is there. The hook's sharp. The changeup's really good. Uh, And the fastball will set up the the curveball as it did against Toronto. Now, he's going to hang that curveball. He's going to give up some home runs. That's, I think, going to be the crux for him is whether he can get over that piece of the puzzle. But I do think much higher than I had him before, I'm going to move him up. He very likely could find himself bordering on top 100 uh, for me. And I think that's the direction I'm gonna
0: go. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of important things that go into the rest of his season, right? So um, next guy up for both of us here, Aaron Sanchez. It's just unfortunate. Body's, yep. you know, body's not letting him do it. So we had him at 207, but I, I, I kind of feel like he might be a KBO type guy. You know, he might need to go off somewhere and be, like be the RP closer dude, make two million bucks for the year, and then like, you know, reassess himself. I, I don't know, but the, it it just certainly seems like the idea of him starting. Is uh, counterproductive to what his body is going to let him do. I think I like
1: I like the Asian League just to to go find some innings. Like I think yeah. that's what he's missed over the last couple of years, and I think he just needs to go away with no pressure and go do
0: his thing. One start a week, get yourself in, in the right environment. Uh, somebody who absolutely has changed his own dynamic, Carlos Rodon, with the White Sox. We had him ranked two hundred four. Um, yeah, I mean, I had him at one sixty six. I was very generous. But <laughs> let's just and 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 just so we're clear here, he's ranked at 204, but there are a slew of guys who are ranked like roughly it would be somewhere in the 160s is where he would have been. But because of a bunch of ties and things like all these guys get pushed down. But, you know, he's he kept company uh, in the rankings with guys like Charlie Morton, who we figured had one year left. Mike Fires, Cole Hamels, Pineda, Fulmer, who we weren't sure what was going to happen. And Carlos Rodon's just going to shoot up. I feel like this was a big reset season for him, Ty. Well, Um,
1: and I I told you in the spring that this is a million times dynamic change and it played out that way. Now, you know, I think it's a scenario where this is a good example of not giving up on certain guys, right? We we talked about Reese McGuire earlier in the catcher section. Rodon's that guy. We see this a lot in fantasy where people give up too early and they they skip over the potential injuries happen. Look, Zach Wheeler's another great example of a guy – that many owners probably dumped because they were tired of all the injuries, and now I bet you a lot of them wish they still had their hands on that. Like I mean, I turned Carlos Rodon into extremely valuable pieces on my fantasy team um, in in the league in which I owned him, and that team was a dumpster fire. Like I mean, they, it needed to be completely reset. Um, I, I traded him solo for mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh, Louis Gill, um, nice.
0: Well, that's looking pretty good right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, I didn't. This was a... Uh, oh. or no, that is a separate trade. I'm right. Yep. No, Luis Gill, Brandon Marsh for Carlos Rodon. Right? Great trade. Right? And so that's, that's what you get when you trust the process of guys that have high ability. Rodon's one of those guys.
0: And Rodon can absolutely still, like, have career, right? Like, he can have career left... Um, but this it doesn't have a big, lot of innings on
1: the arms, so yeah, he's got one going for
0: him. <laughs> and this has been a good turnaround season for him on a very good team. Uh Robert Duggar, who is with Seattle now, he's been up and down, but he was once upon a time with Miami, came out of nowhere. Guy, I think it was 19. He kind of came in out of nowhere, but he's no longer a starter, so he's he's in the RP um realm, and and hence his move will be out of this. Now we get to Bryce Wilson, who was traded from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. Uh, Ty and I both believe this is a good thing for him. Uh, for me, it's a good thing because I think Bryce Wilson will now get to pitch very much like Mitch Keller. However, unlike Mitch Keller, I think Bryce Wilson will be able to handle his ERA and probably put balls in play that have weak contact at a better rate than Mitch Keller. So I like Bryce Wilson as somebody who I can look to in my big dynasty leagues. I already made one trade for him at the trade deadline. Uh, I traded Luis Severino who had a huge contract for this year and next Um, and Bryce Wilson and uh, Marquez with the Cubs were the two guys I got back very happy with that deal. Bryce Wilson in a points league can be a 10 point per game type guy. I'm and he will be the Pirates starting pitcher for the
1: foreseeable future who has started a World Series game. So he has that know. going for him, right? Uh, moving way up the list here, you got Michael Farmer. He uh, going off the list. Yeah, he's he's dead fantasy owners until he's not. Uh, yeah. Tanner Houck is a guy that, you know, there was some believers. There was a, a very polarizing scenario here with Houck. The slider's filthy, right? It's a good pitch. It's a very good pitch. Uh, I'm concerned about the other pieces of the puzzle for Houck. I think they're... They're susceptible. I think, especially in the AL East, there's some damage that can be done against Houck. But I do think we have him 190. He has to move up. Like, there's no questions. He has to go up. He's going to be a major league starter. That alone puts you into the top 180-ish, right? Um, So he has to go up no matter what. He's going to go up into the top 100 for me, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. um, Reed Detmers is another guy just you know, fast mover. So his timelines moved up. He therefore will move up. Chris Archer, you know, mm-hmm. ugh, like hesitant to put him at 153. And now I feel like I need to move him back an awful lot. A guy who was one above him, Trevor Rogers with Miami, both I tie- we're going to see Rogers go up. We really hope he can come back and have a healthy rest of season. Uh, another guy. I will, I will, I will yeah. say
1: this, sir, before we move on from Rogers, I'm not going to move him up as high as the other uh, pundits will. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think we saw a really good period of Trevor Rogers career. I don't think that's the sample we measure. I think there's a small regression, you know, not quite the regression we saw with Kyle Freeland, but I do think a regression, um, maybe, maybe with less blowups than Freeland. I think that's maybe the best way to say it.
0: Okay. Daniel. And and again, um, Miami has a, a weird run differential where they just should be a lot better than they are. And, that's one of those things that could easily be corrected next year. And then Rogers could add more wins. So whereas some things might look like they're bad luck or he just isn't as good right now. Um, when a pitcher can get the luck of a win, as we all know, they can't control that uh, no, no different than their losses. It can make them appear to be a better pitcher, but Rogers timeline is one of the big factors in this decision too, because he's not, not only up, he's up and established. So, Daniel Norris, that starting days are over, he should have been off our list already. Reynaldo Lopez similar situation, maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. Um but but I think he is an RP now. Adam Kloffenstein had himself a night. I believe it was in Vancouver, he had 11 Ks, something like that over 6 innings. Uh, work. Really good, pardon me. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a big one for him. It was a career high and I mean great to see Shane Baz with Tampa Bay. We had him ranked at 175 um he will move up considerably because he's just had himself a year. Ryan Weather's with San Diego is at 169. Uh he'll go up. Ty, you still believe in Ross Stripling and good for you. I had him at 136. We had him north of 160 overall. Um we need but to I, know where Ross is going to go. He just has to move up like I had him way down like realistically right. for me. Like
1: I just I, I'm moving him up purely on the fact that I think he's proven he can pitch in a rotation. I don't think it's going to be in Toronto, but I do think he's going to pitch in a rotation, and I
0: think that has value. He's he's also a podcaster. Good for you, Ross Stripling. Maybe we could get him on the show at some point in time because he's uh, very good at his. I will move him jobs. way up the list if he comes on the podcast. If I he comes on the pod, well, yeah, how high? Good. How high would he go? So would he break the top eighty if he came on the show?
1: I would put him at sixty-nine.
0: Nice. I will say this um, Shed Long did not come on the podcast, and look what's happened to Shed Long. So, just yeah. saying, everybody. Just saying. Uh, another guy who's definitely moving up is Louis Gill. And this is something, I mean, Ty, I feel like it was less than a month ago you were saying, hey, Gill will not be up this year. Now, Gill did not come up because he earned the promotion. He came up because Cole got COVID,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's what happened in, a, in an emergency spot. But he turned out to Spot like starts and uh, I believe both quality starts or whatever it was it doesn't matter, we given up giving up a run, he's great. Well, the, I, I was know, the best pitcher in base.
1: The worst thing that can happen to Luis Gill is that he stays up, he needs, yeah, to, yeah, not ready for major league yet. He's going to be, he's very good. I, I think probably the best minor league fastball right now, in my opinion, that I've seen. There might be another guy out there. That has a good one on the bullpen side, but I think from the starters, it's the fastball I'm most excited about. Uh, so we'll see. He needs to develop those other pitches to be consistent at the major league level.
0: And in the AL East, the fastball high velo is important. Um, yes, you know we you got some tough ballparks, not not unlike other you know divisions or what have you. But it's important, and that's one of the things with another guy we'll talk about soon, Debbie Garcia. Where there might be some regression in place, Logan Webb with San Francisco tie. You're going to move him up. Uh, Josh Fleming with Tampa Bay. I am going to move him up, despite that. <laughs> pitiful, yeah, the the timing is not great. Yeah. <laughs> this did not work out great. I hope you're not listening to this within a week of the Josh Fleming. What was it? Three and a third inning, it, ten runs given up. Ten oh my runs. The worst part of that tie, I've got him started in our big, well, let's big money auction league. That's the best thing to call. It. You can win thousands of dollars in that league. And um, I am two games out of the second wild card right now. And I started him last night. It's all my division. So we play three games, um, three matchups, sorry, or four matchups per period. And a period is either Monday to Thursday or it's Friday to Sunday. And if it's the Monday to Thursday, I think it's usually your four game matchup. So I'm playing all of my, I'm an AL East team. I'm playing all the other AL East teams. So I need to win this because I don't think I'm getting my division. I'm 12 games back with whatever we got left to go, 30 games or so. Um, But I'm chasing that wild card. And Fleming just blew up last night. And I was checking the scores. And I'm like, how am I still winning all of my four matchups right now? How is this possible? And I looked. my ERA is north of six. So no pitching categories outside of like a win and a quality start where other guys have not had that yet. Uh, and I'm just laughing, like, come on, fingers crossed. I can pull this off with this horrible <laughs> Josh Fleming. start because that was so bad. It just crushes you. Um, anyway, other guys to move up. Nick Pavetta, I don't have him listed at this moment, Ty. I definitely miss him. But, yeah, Pavetta's got to move up. He's reestablished well, and, himself. And He's not did, a top. We, Sorry.
1: We did have him. Like, I had him 100 on our rank. You had him 164. Yeah. Like, he he deserves to be up much higher heading into next season. I mean, fastball command has been phenomenal in the couple starts that I've seen him pitch. Uh, he is he for sure is going to be bordering on my top 50 heading into next season that's I'll say that now
0: okay that I I'm interested in that one but I do have him in our home league if you are interested Ty in a trade I uh, will require many things Um anyway Alex Reyes he's off the list because he's now a closer so good for him Corey Kluver he's going to have to take a drop. He was 156 for us this year. Uh, Emerson Hancock tie. It's, you know, another year passes. He becomes another year closer. So it makes That's sense great. that he'll get a bump up. Uh, Patrick Sandoval, everybody, Adam ranked 127. He'll probably be in my top eight, maybe top four SPs. I'm joking, but uh he has moved up. And if you don't know about my love for Patrick Sandoval, welcome aboard, everyone. Welcome aboard. He was inside. He was inside our top 50 prospects. I'm just waiting for Valentine's day this year. When you write your love letter to Patrick Sandoval, but him, Jose Suarez and Otani. It's great that it's, it's weird how it happens. Like, you know, I love Otani. I love Suarez. I love Sandoval. They're all on the same team. Good. So it just, it makes the mailing a bit cheaper to the clubhouse, which is nice. So, um, (laughs) Hunter Green with Cincinnati, he'll get a tick up. Brent Honeywell Jr. as well we will get one. Quinn Priester, I think Quinn Priester might be a big move by the time his yeah. uh, minor league season ends. Braylon Marquez with the Cubs, he'll be getting a bump up for me. Trent Thornton, I think it's time to chop him off the block. Uh, no fault of his own, but he's buried within his organization right now. David Peterson, we were not buying in to David Peterson's rookie campaign, as Ty said to me before we started recording. It's true. And David Peterson at 136. I don't know that he's going to be even at that come next year. So, yeah. uh, Edward Cabrera dynamite with Miami minor league. Uh, he'll be getting a bump up this year. Easily uh, Mike, the best player in MLB the show. Like his, his oh. sinker is disgusting. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Mike Fulton it This sucks. Poor yeah, Fulton, right? Yeah, Steven Matz, not that he's done anything wrong at this point in time, Ty. He was a Met, which is fun when I'm looking at the spreadsheet here. Uh, Moved to Toronto, had four wins in April, and since then has been, uh, you know, a starting pitcher. He just can't
1: sneak the fastball by anybody. That's his problem. The rest of the stuff plays. A lot of
0: contact. Yeah, fastball's not doing it. Uh, Carlos Martinez, you know, parties over. Josh James- party's over TJ Zoic party starting party this is everybody starting party's over for Zoic who's also now in St. Louis um just updating the spreadsheet while I go here Jordan Montgomery with the Yankees he's ranked 120 that seems to be about right maybe drop him back a little bit basically you know we'll see the guys that move up right the higher potential guys are going to move a 29 year old Jordan Montgomery down a bit more um it just just so everyone knows within this company of we're talking guys we're talking about there are good legitimate MLB pitchers here too right Chris Bassett is in this group but Chris Bassett doesn't get a huge bump from us because again five years uh yeah. Adrian Morion simply because of injury he's going to move out of that 118 spot he'll be going further down the list Shane McClanahan Ty and I both agree he'll be moving up Simeon Wood Richardson both Ty and I, I like that he's not in Toronto and we're like ah, he's not as good anymore I
1: just think there's a reason he got traded and I've seen enough of him this year to, to move him regardless of that trade even if he's oh. in Toronto
0: I'd be moving him Well, post trade, I've been looking at starts. I've been looking at what's going on. Um, I because you were not like because of the good points you made on that podcast when we talked about it. Like I need to know for myself here too, Um, because you know you will speak on behalf of Dinger's podcast. I need to know what we're talking about when we're doing our individual ranks because we put them together. Thus, the Dinger ranking that we're talking about tonight. So I agree with you. I think there are definitely issues that he needs to resolve. Um, Pablo Lopez was ranked 106. He's he's certainly earned more than that at this point in time. Lots of career left for him. Jake Odorizzi's got that next year already in Houston lined up. So he's going to move up. He's outside the top 100. And now we are in the top 100. Ty, you believe Zach Davies has reestablished himself as a decent value MLB pitcher with career left. I think that's well, he, agreeable. He just
1: went from being a bullpen arm to being a starter. That, that alone moves him into a good spot. And we knew that. He was in Chicago at that point when we had done the list. Uh, but I think he's just shown us that he's capable of being relevant, uh, for sure. Yeah, and
0: he, he's moved right. This is his third team. He went from Milwaukee as a prospect, who was, uh, I think it was Boris, was his or is his agent. Talked about suppression, right? He came up, he was okay, not great, then he got put back down, traded to San Diego. Um, not the best season for him, in San Diego. Now he's a Cub, you know, things are better. Alec Manoa, the timeline moved up. We had him ranked uh 86 for me 94 for you ty i didn't know he was going to be up as early as he was this year you said you uh, could see him coming up this year well look at that now he is like sp3 sp4 with a competitive SP3, in Toronto. honestly wow. Well, okay yes sure yes ryu I, has had issue i i agree he he's been good for the for the team but i'm thinking long term right now alec minoa can settle himself in uh if you watch five entire, solid years of production last
1: night he threw one bad pitch and it was to Shohei Otani who knocked an 0-2 pitch or a 1-2 pitch or whatever it was out to center for the only real damage. The only other two really pieces of contact were really good pitches that Joe Adele put barrel on that had no business really being hit for a single. They just happened to fall fine holes. So Alec is is a very strong ace moving forward in my opinion.
0: That sounds like there's a big move coming. Sounds like there's a big move coming. And speaking there of is. big move coming, Tristan McKenzie will be moving up for me in my rankings. Nick Lodolo. I need to do you to know rest- what Tristan
1: McKenzie's nickname is? Did I tell you this? No. Dr. Sticks or something like that. Because of his legs, which is
0: amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that's a weird I, it's I a there's, yeah, there's got to be more to that story. Um, Nick Lodolo, I, I you're saying for sure you're moving him up. I I, I agree. Ninety-fifth, he's going to be a lot closer at the end of the season. Kevin Gossman, you're you're going to give a bump too. I'm not so sure on the Goss. This could have just been career year. I'm going to dive deeper this offseason on him before I make any big moves or recommendations for anybody. Else. I, I just think an
1: extension's coming this offseason in San Francisco, and it's the perfect spot for him. San Francisco needs to establish some major league starters. It's a perfect fit, perfect ballpark. Okay. I, I think it's
0: logical. Oh, if that happens, I think I'll be on that train with you, moving him up. Um, we've got Daniel Lynch. We both agree. It's been rough. I, I think I talked about the last episode or two episodes ago. Now's the time, right? Now's the time to go get you some Daniel Lynch. Uh, Robbie Ray was ranked at 90 for us. Ty, you were, you were more on the ball than me. You were at 72. I had him 101. Um, but Robbie Ray has just established himself, reestablished himself, we should say. Uh, looks like he's got himself a good contract moving forward this offseason. We need to see where it is. That might affect his ranking once we start to get into the you know individual within three or four spots, something like that. But Robbie Ray, safe to say, I think we'll be moving up 30 spots in our rankings and yeah, probably agree. creeping in and around the top 50. Sean Minaya with Oakland tie, I agree. He he deserves to be higher than 89 where we've got him. Tariq Skubal, um, same thing. I'm moving James Paxton way, way down. Um, I had him at 99. Ty, you had him at 69 and you're saying you're going to move him up? Is everything mm-hmm. okay?
1: Yeah. I just, I just think, you
0: know, the injury holding end. your family hostage to say this? what's going on, <laughs>
1: well, but here's the thing. And we talk about this all the time. Like this is it's very similar to what you just said about Daniel Lynch. Now is a buy time for Paxton. A bad Paxton is still better than a lot of major league pitchers. Right. And so that's why I'm going to move them up is I think we've talked about this before we jumped on the top end of the starting pitching has done nothing to establish themselves. There's going to be some movement. I'm not saying I'm going to move him up to 30, but i just i think i'm going to move him up based on a couple other guys ahead of him
0: okay all right josiah gray um now with washington Uh, and i i believe solely based on that i am comfortable to now move him up the the blockages uh which are all potential all-star pitchers are out of the way now and steven strasberg gone for an entire year um all all of those things line up to give him the opportunity DL Hall, tie, you say you're a little down on. Justice Sheffield, same thing. Um, the one thing get... on
1: DL Hall that I will I will note, like the K per mm-hmm. nine ratio is 15-9 at this point, which is very, very, very high in seven starts, 31 innings. Um, and, and it's just, it's interesting for me. I'm not sure uh, what's producing that because I'll be honest, like the thing that I don't like about DL Hall is I don't think he has overpowering stuff. Like I think he's one of those guys that, You know, similar to like an Eli Morgan we talked about earlier, maybe just with a little bit slightly better velocity. I just don't think it's good enough to be great at the major league level. That's how I feel about Yale
0: Hall. Okay. Another, this is a big list of guys moving up here. So we think, uh, so we're starting at our 83rd ranking. When I finish speaking, we will be at 76. Jamison Tyon will get a bump. Uh, Lance McCullers, George Kirby, John Means, Framber Valdez, Logan Gilbert, Grayson Rodriguez, and Luis Patino will all get jumps. Dean Kramer has essentially disappeared within Baltimore, and that sucks. And one of the reasons that sucks is that Baltimore sucks. So if they are going to bury a guy like that, um, non-injury-related, to to the the best of my note, taking beforehand, we didn't have an injury-related for him, uh, that's saying something to me. So we're going to have to see what goes on with him. Now, there are guys amongst this list here, Ty, like Gilbert, uh, who who will not be a rookie eligible next year, but there will and Patino, sorry, and but there will also be like Grayson Rodriguez and Kirby who will not have yet debuted. Um, for me, I'm kind of waiting on some of those guys until after the season has finished, and in September we can start to get into where the dust will settle on those guys. Uh, a lot of that to me has to do with how they finish because we need to see the full season. So we might still have three, four starts left for each of those guys. And to me, they're all important starts because I don't want to see anybody fading down the stretch. Um, I want to see guys that are on those competitive teams that can get into the playoffs. You know, sometimes the teams, the organizations will take their players and either promote or not promote because they want them to get playoff games. Uh, I want to see how some of those things work out before I you know, give that final stamp. But a guy like George Kirby, to me, is going to be right on the cusp of a top 10 starting pitcher. Grayson Rodriguez, definitely inside the top 10. Um, but on the overall list for starting pitchers for production over the next five years, it's safe to say that a Rodriguez is expected to be up at some point with Baltimore next year, and George Kirby very late next year, a year from now, maybe we could see Kirby. Uh, it depends on how quickly Seattle chooses to move him.
1: I, I think Gilbert, Rodriguez, and Patino, that that three right there are the future aces of the American League. Like I think those are three of the guys. I mean, throw Manoa in there, throw the couple of guys in Detroit, Mize, Scuble, Manning possibly. Like Crochet. that Crochet's a reliever, but those guys are Puff. definitely like those are the guys we're gonna be talking about. Kirby could join that group, and there's there's a handful of other guys we could see, Kansas City guys that you like, is a reliever also. <laughs> um you, you get you get you get where where we're going here. But these this group here is the the big movers in our list that I think we're going to see start to show uh what they're made of in the next away. Like Grayson Arias, in a lot of people's minds, mine included, is the best pitcher in the minor leagues right now. Um Sixto he needs Sanchez. a full breakdown
0: on on my anti. He needs a full breakdown, but yeah, I I six, kind six, of Six goes so. there
1: because he's basically a major league pitcher and he's categorized yes. as a prospect. But yep. but yeah, I think those guys are the group.
0: Okay, next uh, other guys moving up: Dakota Hudson with St. Louis. Yeah, you know, always with the injuries. Uh, moving down will be Mad Bomb. It, it's going to happen, right? Terrible team. Um, he's playing out, you know, career going whatever. It's not a great situation right now for Mad Bomb. Uh, Jose Arquidi with with Houston looks like he, you know, injuries. He's got to come back and be healthy, but. This is a better pitcher. I had him ranked one Oh eight. I wasn't convinced on the K rate. I didn't know what was going to happen with him. And unfortunately we've had the injuries. So I want to see good things from Jose or um, It should be, it should become, he'll be 25 next year. So yeah. how can you say a 25 year old with what will eventually be parts of two plus major league seasons? cannot be on the upside justin the only dunn, asterisk is if they yeah.
1: destroy that houston team in the offseason which is remotely possible, possible. Yeah, yeah absolutely we might tear down a little bit so if they do that then i'm going to move i'll probably keep them the same if I'm there
0: honest. are some other guys like thor uh chris sale justin dunn who all we want to see how the season comes shakes out rest of season for those guys uh quay hung kim with st louis tie so you're going to give him a little bit of a bump up you had him at seventy-eight fractional, eight. fractional. Yeah, probably, 78, probably, I probably where you thing. have them.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, Tyon Walker, you're looking to give a bit of a bump too. Uh, I had him at 64. You were at 68. I don't see that I'll be moving him up, but if it is, it'll be incremental. But he, he, he's he got guys like Andrew Heaney above him. And then and Andrew Heaney is just going to drop 100 points for me, 100 okay. spots. So that's definitely a mover for me. Uh, we also have Severino and who's coming back from injury shortly. Guy like Chris Bubik. I need to know what Bubik's going to do rest of the season. I want good things for him, but I also ranked him kind of aggressive at 59 because I thought he was going to start the year and be a Casey Mize, Brady Singer type guy, but he's a step back from that. So I need to see if he can get himself back up. Um, the relief pitcher, AJ Puck, Ty, you believe he's going to actually start. <laughs> I love the counter punch.
1: You. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, here's here's the fun fact. Career ERA is 2.3 in 15 and two-thirds innings. Um, so, you know, yeah. there's something to build on there. The stuff's there. It's just health, right? It's all it is with AJ Puck is can he stay healthy. The stuff is absolutely ace-level stuff, Whether whether that's how he ends up, you know, finishing out. I mean, I think he's going to be there. The whip is good enough. Like all, all of the things he should have to be a major league ace are there except for health so far. But again, he's still just 24. He is a big human at six, seven. He probably needed to refine some mechanics and, and tighten up some, some muscle groups. So I think we see this, right? Like young guys sometimes break down at major league expectations. And so I, I'm this is one of those guys in Tyler O'Neill, right? You've you're tired of me talking about guys like that. AJ Puck's on a trajectory like that, so hold the process. Carlos Rodon, he's going to be there because he just has the ability.
0: I look at Puck more of an Aaron Sanchez where his body might not let him do that. Uh, and definitely the potential for me with Puck, the highest potential for me with Puck is as a bullpen arm, but his value for dynasty is not at all bullpen so- related.
1: So I don't I don't disagree with the comparison per se. The, I will say the big difference here is a six seven frame is a lot different than a six three frame in terms of producing extra velocity, which is what Sanchez had to do. He had to put a lot of extra torque on his body.
0: Puck he had gained a lot of weight for for correct. a couple of years to be able to allegedly get through uh, major league seasons. But we only ended up seeing him getting through one season. And uh, <laughs> I just then- think Puck's got the frame to do it.
1: to to come back so that's
0: where i'm at all right fair enough so tony gonsolin uh ty you're looking to give him a bump up from 67 fair enough garrett crochet you're looking to give him a bump up ty Uh, but i think we might well we need oh my god i'm gonna say this we need to know what's going to go on with those spring training stats that you love (laughs) we need to know is the plan for crochet to you know have him go to triple A and start or stretch him out in this. Like, we need that report because he could very well just move off and into the bullpen. And if he does, if he is full time bullpen arm moving forward, cool. He'll be dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a matter of in your saves leagues, he's going to have no value. And for the dynasty owners out there, like myself, who uh, I've got multiple shares of crochet in big dynasty leagues and small, and it's important to me that he goes into the rotation Well, <laughs> and, and honest, the value goes down a lot. But I'll
1: say this, Rob, that's part of why I moved him up is that I think there's, there's no way to lose on a Garrett crochet that the hype was so big on him this off season that the hype is going to be down on him this off season. So the price to acquire him is going to be down. And like you just said, the worst case scenario is you now have a future either like elite setup man or elite closer, right? There's no downside to owning Garrett crochet.
0: Yeah, and the only crummy part is going to be again. You could even wait until I don't know ten months from today, because in Chicago there will still be Kimbrel and Hendricks. Correct. So he will be, I believe, at best the third option, kind of like how Brad Handstock is now magically down as he's with Toronto, because Toronto's like, okay, good, we've got a lefty that we can trust. Uh, Romano, here's the ball to close it out. Mm-hmm. So things, you know, things can change within those values. Uh, here's a whole bunch of guys that are gonna gonna go down. And this is going to allow for a lot of movement when we're inside our top 50 here. We've got Clevenger is going to be coming back from Tommy. John Kyle Freeland just, you know, hasn't been able to get it right. Hasn't been able to do the quality start things inconsistent starting pitcher. Uh, to Nelson, Lamette McKenzie surgery
1: today on an infection in his hip or something.
0: So I believe that's that good. he got stabbed. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's just a San Diego thing. Marco Gonzalez, uh, he'll be going down, Mitch Keller, probably just off the list. Uh, Maybe KBO. I don't know. Uh, He probably wouldn't make KBO team. Um, Could be Australian winter ball, summer ball for them. Uh, Tanaka was on our list because he was free agent at the time. It wasn't assured. He was 51st. He will now be off the list for next year. Nate Pearson, the new relief pitcher for Toronto. Uh, Forrest Whitley, uh, the juiced, injured Houston another reason why you need to be cautious with guys. And sometimes warning signs are legitimate. Like you get a suspension and you might not think that guy is as good a pitcher. Well, here you go. Um, Kenta Maeda, uh, I'm going to be putting them down a little further from my 58 tie. You're talking about moving him up from your 39th ranking. I'm interested. Just, in that. Bounce,
1: just bounce back. I, I think there's okay. stuff here. I think, I think innings inning, like I know this year's not the best example, but Maeda has been relatively consistent over a long period of time. I think the ballpark plays well. I like think that that Minnesota team is still not a bad baseball team. Pieces. so yeah. yeah. So I just think people are going to be really down on Maeda, and I think that's why I want to push him.
0: Okay, a uh, Los Angeles Angels pitcher I don't like. Believe it or not, Griffin Canning. Uh, he'll be moving down from his rank of forty-seven. Matt Manning could get a bump up. Musgrove, Mize, John Gray. I have a potential, you know, asterisks with John Gray. I need to know where he goes, Ty. It's very important to me. He's talking but, about wanting to stay in Colorado. If he's going to stay in Colorado, he's not a he's not the forty third ranked pitcher for me.
1: I, I don't disagree with that. I I don't see a scenario where he wants to stay in Colorado. I think this is the typical "I want to stay so someone else will pay me more elsewhere" scenario.
0: Well, don't you think Colorado's going to slap him with the one year qualifying offer, and he's likely to take it like a Strowman? I don't think so. I think he's been
1: good enough. And I think the strikeout potential is there in another ballpark. And I think a team's going to pay for that. I really do.
0: All right. So now we're into the guys that we're in within our top 40. Again, this is over the, the next five seasons. So we have a this guy who's fallen flat on his face. Patrick Corbin. He's going to have a big move back. I'm going to personally be moving Debbie Garcia. I had him at 21. That's why he's going to be moving back. I also thought he was going to slide into that rotation no later than the end of April and roll with it. His, his ERA looks like crap at AAA. Um, and I think the Yankees may have changed their feelings on him within the organization because there's been plenty of opportunities for him to get starts. And he's he's got, I think, two starts or three. So there's something that that's that's up here. There's something going on. And until it all shakes out, my plan at the moment is definitely to move him back. Zach Gallen on a crappy team. Sonny Gray getting older, not necessarily huge performance base for me. Jesus Lazardo. Um, it, this is just he's ranked too high, right? I had him at fifty. tie, he had him at twenty-eight. He just needs to he needs to settle back into another. I, spot. I,
1: I don't think I'm going to move him very far, though. To be honest, like I think the move to Miami was the best thing that could have happened to him. Yeah, I, I think I think Oakland was done with him. There's obviously some clash in that organization, or they wouldn't have traded him. I mean, they got a good player, but at the same time, I, I still think a left-handed arm with that upside is is not a move you make unless there's something going on internally. So. I think Miami will be a rejuvenation. That's why I don't want to. I don't want to overreact moving him back because I think he has the upside moving forward still.
0: And I, he will start rest of season as well in Miami. So there's definitely room for him to change our minds. But for me, having him as a top 50 guy seems like now. Unfortunately, that was a bit of a stretch. Hunjin Ryu, Hunjin Ryu, getting another year older, getting having weird stretches with Toronto right now. Yeah. There's got to be. It's got to be something going on. Um, he very he has a very Jose Suarez body or Jose Suarez has a very Hunjin Ryu body. Um <laughs> I <laughs> so don't like, know.
1: Like Hunjin Ryu is like
0: SpongeBob square pants. Like he's just yeah, I guess. he's, he's he got a weird boxed. square. Like <laughs> I don't know what anyone that is that shape. Um Hunjin <laughs> Ryu is. Um yeah. Brad Keller for me is gonna move back, but that's because I had him at 39 and Tyu him at 34. And Brad Keller did not take the developmental step that I was hoping he would, like a I guy agree. like Brandon Woodruff. Um, but for me, Woodruff is, I want to, I'm going to have to shake it out. He deserves to be higher than the 46 I have him ranked at. I have not yet committed to that. And I don't quite know why Ty um, you are committed to moving him up inside your top 25. I think that's probably a fair thing. Kyle Hendricks, another year older, uh, less competitive team. See what happens with Hendricks in the off season. I can't imagine Just he's, he's the, the opening day starter for the Cubs. Well,
1: I, I talked about this with a lot of guys, right? Like, and David Price was the guy that I always hang this ticket on like once the velocity goes like that like you're not going to be able to sneak the change up fastball combo by them anymore right because the fastball is just going to be the pitch they sit on the change up you're either going to have to leave it up or it's going to be in the dirt and I think you're just going to be too much of a deviation on Hendrix. I think very similar to why I'm moving Ryu back I think both of them have a similar problem moving forward
0: okay Uh, Dustin may with the injury, he's just going to be moving back for me because I had him at 45. So I think that's going to be hard for him to be the 45th pitcher starting in 2022, um, to the end of 2026. So it's missed time for me on that one. Not necessarily his skills and abilities. He, I just think he has
1: too much upside. Like I, this one, I will, I'll agree with what you just said, like in terms of missed time, like that's going to hurt his stock. Um, but the likelihood of, of injuries from everybody else are going to miss probably some equivalent time because we're only going to see him out probably till June next year. Right. We're
0: going to see him back. If he's pushed, if he's pushed, then yes, it, it could be June, July.
1: Yeah. So I, I think you're going to see him back next season. Um, And for that reason, I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Like at the worst case, you just put his pants on his arm and the compression from his (laughs) pants will hold his arm together.
0: He's waiting for that, (laughs) waiting for the pants. I don't know that we're going to see Dustin May next year, and that's one of my concerns with it. So somebody will definitely – definitely be seen next year. Corbin Burns. Uh, he was ranked 29th for us, 24 for you, 42 for me. I was not as much of a believer and you know, fair is fair. Uh, Top 50 guys is is, that's a good pitcher, but I think it's safe to say Burns will be inside that top 10 next year for both of us. Um, taking a mighty, mighty tumble is going to be Dylan Bundy who had a very good short season. Uh, Zach Wheeler looks like he's making that ACE turn up Shohei Otani, and really quick on Bundy I, yeah. before,
1: he, before I hit. Like, Bundy pitched good last night. Like, he was super pissed when he got pulled from that game. Like, Bundy
0: didn't look awful. Um, he needs I'd, to go find the Pittsburgh-type team that's going to actually let him be a starter.
1: Yeah, like, I think Bundy would be smart to take a two-year deal with a Pittsburgh, uh, or even, even a Detroit to be their fifth starter. That would be right. a good fit for Bundy.
0: Yeah, just, just so that he's, all, like, in addition, like uh, Julio Tehran with Detroit. So he will be a starter. He will have to work himself out of the role. Whereas with the Angels, like, he just, he's fallen out of favor with Madden. And now, you know, injuries and other things are, are moving the needle for him. So Zach Wheeler, again, uh, he'll be moving up from 27 for us. Otani, who we did, we did have him as the second best Dynasty player um, last year. We moved mm-hmm. him back simply because of a lot of heavy, heavy criticism going the other way and that average dropping a lot um but he'll be moving up inside the top 25 for sure michael kopek ty you're going to move him back a little bit from your 37 i need to know similar to crochet is this a rotation arm is this a bullpen arm and then i will make my assessment i think they're a bullpen
1: arm and the reality is those two are probably going to meet in the middle of their two ranks right now for me
0: okay Okay. Somewhere, somewhere in that realm, Uh, Clayton Kershaw, another year older. So he'll, he'll be moving back a little bit from that. Marcus Stroman for me is going to take a step back. Um, Nothing personal on Stroman. You know, if it was Roto Ronnie, he would say, why is Stroman in the top 400? Um, But for me, it's, it's just more about longevity with him. I don't know that we're going to see this type of stat line production, lower ERA you know, as we get into whatever his free agency becomes, he won't have a qualifying offer this off season. So where he goes and the length of contract and things of that nature,
1: I think Uh, he's destined for San Francisco.
0: I I still think it'd be fun to see him in Colorado ground. Like I don't know why the Rockies wouldn't just go for every ground ball pitcher and teach ground balls. We talked about the knuckleball thing and the fun and games of (laughs) being different in Colorado. But I mean, if, if you've got to be, 0%
1: 0% chance. Sorry, to cut in there. No, no, that He's from okay. Colorado, but but I agree with everything else you're saying Continue.
0: I was just going to try to work in some type of Dinger-related comment, but I know that that could stir up a lot of controversy if we were to start yelling, <laughs> Dinger!
1: Yeah, that, that would be awkward. That was <sighs> that was quite a scenario how that even comes about. That's One just, of the
0: fun yeah. parts about everybody attacking um, without knowing the facts, right? Yes. You can sit back and be like, what's this that happened? And then you listen to the audio, and because you've been led to believe that that something very rude was said, um, you immediately are looking and listening for that, and it's very easy to do it. And then it turns out it was it was somebody calling for a mascot. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, moving on, uh, Sandy Alcantara, who I had at fourteen, uh, I, so I'm not moving him up. But Ty, you had him at thirty-three. So yeah, I think there's some room to move Alcantara up for next year. Now, mind you. Uh, he had a horrible start on Friday. I thought I was screwed. Was it Friday, Thursday? Whenever it was. Horrible start last week. Uh, I thought I was screwed in one of my uh, 30-team leagues, but we were able to pull it out, as I mentioned on the last podcast. Thank you, Connor Joe, uh, for your 30-plus point performance last week <laughs> off the waiver wire for saving my negative 14, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, Ian Anderson, I had him at 27. Tyudem him at 16. You're talking about moving him up?
1: Yeah, I just think he's that good. I, I, I stand by it. Like we're talking about a bad season here for Ian Anderson in the ERA is three, five, six.
0: So in, keep that in I, mind. Most people never, think he had a bad year. Well, I never talk about it, but the TG, because I find it's annoying, but the TG FBI league, which is the big industry, fantasy baseball industry, one that I'm in, uh, Ian Anderson was supposed to be my ace. Max yeah. freed and Ian Anderson were supposed to lead the way. So it's been, it's been rough.
1: I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's five and five with a three, five, six, right? Like, 98 strikeouts and 96 innings. The whip is a,
0: a fraction high, right? But if you look, I would love to see. And miss times high. Miss time is the the other issue with him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you had 12 walks in April, you had 10 walks in May, seven in June progressing. Right. And that, that whip was getting significantly better until he got banged around a little bit last week by Miami. So, you know, those are the little, little things that you've seen. Um, but we're or sorry in July that was July he's he's on the IR or right now isn't
0: he right yeah
1: but I'm still moving him up I just think this All is right. this is one of those guys that is is going to be a quiet ace in the NL
0: okay German Marquez we are on opposite views uh, he was ranked 20 second by me 20th by you you're saying you're going to give him a bump up I'm going the other way Frankie Montas you had him at 17 I'm at a 23 you're talking about moving him up uh, Chris mm-hmm. Paddock we both agree we're gonna we're gonna move him back. Uh, you are looking at moving Burrios up from your rank at 15. I'm not committing to that. Um, Trevor Bauer Ty, you said you're gonna to be top five for you next year. You really like uh, it was spunk. <laughs> no, I had a top five. I had a top five <laughs> this
1: year. Oh, I right.
0: That's what it was headed into yeah. the season. So so there'll be a move, but I mean again, we need to know what what to expect out of Trevor Bauer. We've heard the rumors that the Dodgers are working on a deal um with um a, a prison to have him sent there so that they can get him right off the roster. He's we'll see play what goes on.
1: The same team as Rick Vaughn yeah, the one, league. yeah. What was it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was,
0: he's gonna be the ace in the Calpina League. We'll see what goes on. Um, I mean, you know, the situation within that is is scary and something not for fancy baseball uh, podcast. Steven Strasburg uh, also scary, not for fancy baseball podcast. Strasburg thoracic outlet. My goodness, poor guy, right? So he's gonna have to take a big old dump. Out from me at ten, from you at fourteen. Blake Snell, my goodness, uh taking that dump as well. Both ranked eleventh by us, and he will yeah. be coming out of that. Max Freed, shell t- of Snell. Yeah. Max Freed is going to be taking a. Uh, we were a little aggressive on that at seven and thirteen, respectively. He's going to be dropping back from that point, and then I'm not going to
1: move him that far for me. Like i going to move, still. Yeah, not not far though. I still think he's a top fifteen arm over the next five years.
0: Okay. Um, and then you are looking at maybe moving Giolito outside of your top 10, Aaron Nola outside of your top 10. Glass now with the injury, of course, he's going to move uh, yep. for us. That's just what happens when you have a five-year window. And then, Ty, you are possibly moving all of, all of your top seven dudes. Uh, so DeGrom could be moving, which I agree. He's not necessarily a good pick for the top guy over the next five years. Garrett Cole, you're looking to move. Bieber, you're looking to move. Walker Bueller, you're looking to move as well. I haven't committed to those guys, but um, DeGrom, yes, I agree. I think we're definitely going to have a new number one for next year. I had Bieber as my number one, but he's missed so much damn time this year. This, for me, is just
1: like the end of a Monopoly game where I flip the table. Like, it's just, you know, I'm just, this whole group is just a piss off right now. And so I'm flipping the table. Like, I, I don't okay. I don't know who's going to go where, but right. I don't like, I don't, right. the guy that I think might be my number one next year might be Walker Bueller, right? Like that might be the guy. I know I have him down, but I'm just, like I said, this is a table flip. Uh, I right. wanted to make a joke about it because it is just a cluster. Uh, but I do think if I was picking it today, Walker would be my number one.
0: Well, I mean, I thought Glasnow was going to make a epic leap this year. And I had him ranked fourth over the next five years. So the injury just forces me to move. And we've talked about this before. When you break it down, um, you basically need to say he's going to miss whatever period of time you as the fantasy owner think Mm -hmm. is reasonable before he's back to his normal self and don't uh, try to be aggressive on it. Be, be very, very safe. So, okay, glass. Now we're not going to see pitch properly until the second half of 2023. That's, that's a safe assessment. So, You're going to see him going again properly in 2023. So you need to move him back because he's missing a full year and a half off of your next production period, which means if you think he is, you know, a top 20 guy, you need to move him back uh, X number of spots. So for me, that would be at least 40 spots.
1: Well, realistically, is Walker Buehler not the NL Cy Young right now?
0: Yeah, we were talking before about what was it, Urias or Kershaw getting more votes? I think mm-hmm. Kershaw's missed time right now. Uh, plus, uh, Scherzer is now a Dodger. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the NL votes are going to be very heavy towards um, the Dodgers, and yeah, Bueller, Bueller having himself a year. So,
1: two point one eight right now. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be
0: NL low in all likelihood if he continues on that trend if you can roll. So anyway, th- that's just it. I mean, this is a long episode, an hour 40. Thank you if you're listening all the way to the end. We love you. Uh let us know okay. on on the Twitter you're if welcome. you're doing it. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Also, yeah. also welcome. you're welcome for the money you'll make um and the amazing fun you will get to have, which is of course the main reason why we do the podcast, why we play fantasy baseball. And, um, want to share, share the knowledge and opinions with you guys. Cause we think this is good stuff. We think when we tell you not to bail on Frankie Montas, you shouldn't bail on Frankie Montas. Look at him now. Uh, you know, when we say Mike Soroka, there's, you know, Ty says he's the sixth best guy. Well, if he's not hurt, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. So there are things, you know, we're not seeing anybody on, on this top list here who is just like absolutely crapped out. Um, but when you, when you get down further, there's a lot of jewels here. So yes. you need to know uh, very much. I watched the movie blood diamond last night, very much like hiding diamonds and goats. That, that's my fantasy team. I try to try to sneak those guys by people in drafts. No, don't worry about this guy. Don't worry about that guy. Um, let, let me go. And then two years from now, but bam, Jose, well, Bam! Patrick Sandoval. And, and and you, I'll leave you with this.
1: Cause this is going to be where we'll, we'll wrap it up. It's been time to Rob here on diggers. Da-da-da-da. But we'll leave you at this note, because this is why you listen to us is why You haven't already ended this podcast because you want to walk into the room and win that championship and leave your league at every season's end with –